Hey everyone, welcome to the World Air Podcast. I'm James Marshall and yes, this is going to be the last episode of season one. Thanks to everyone who's tuned into one episode or any amount of episodes this season. Really enjoyed bringing them to you. I've caught up with heaps of awesome lads um, and it's been awesome to hear some of the big dogs be themselves um, for you guys. So um, really enjoyed doing it and yeah, thanks for listening. A quick shout out to our three main sponsors who have helped bring this episode to you fortune favors pure sport cbd and manscape so stay tuned to the end of this episode um, to see how you can get involved with any of these three great products but let's get into it with this being the last episode of season one all series need a good finale i knew i needed to go big not big in size but big in lad so i've gone the biggest lad in the game, voted by his peers, he's had a hell of a journey which has seen him play for Otago, Waikato, Hawke's Bay, the Chiefs, New Zealand Maldives, and is now at the very top of the game with the ABs. It is champion lad Brad Weber. Thanks for coming on, Webby. <laughs> what a hell of an intro, Jimmy Marr. That's I think the best one I've ever had. Thanks, mate. <laughs> oh jeez, made the top of the list already. That's a good start. Wait, how's ISO? I know. You've been pretty busy. A lot of people have been keeping up with your antics. Um, how have you found it? Yeah. It looks like you're loving it. I've actually had a hell of a time. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been sweet. Hearing about all the horror stories, I haven't um, had any of those yet, so I've had plenty of fun on my own. Yeah, what have you, what have you been up to? What's been keeping you busy? Um, well, other than choking the chicken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I've been um, <laughs> I've been reading, mate. I've been uh, watching Netflix. Yeah, and I'm I've, uh, I'm trying to learn how to DJ at the moment, so that's keeping me real busy. Yeah, I saw you doing a bit of DJing in your um, clip. So, have you mm. done a bit of DJing before? Or is this is this something that you want to sort of pursue? Or is this sort of on the, off the cuff? <laughs> now you're into it. <laughs> Yeah, not really. I um I had done bugger all of it really. I I bought a controller a couple of years ago, and we just get it out at like house parties with the boys and stuff just to have a play around. But I've got no real idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And since that video was released, um, George FM challenged me to do a ten minute hot set on, live on air <laughs> next week. So I'm absolutely <laughs> shitting myself that I have to do that. So I've been spending the last like three or four days constantly on it <laughs> trying to learn i've watched that many youtube videos <laughs> so fuck yeah i'll be more nervous than any any footy game i've ever played <laughs> have you yeah. have you got your set sort of planned so i've i think i've narrowed it down to about five songs that i'm just gonna smash over these next sort of three days and yeah. try and memorize exactly where it goes and hope hope that it sounds semi-decent <laughs> <laughs> and is the dream to pursue um the dj career oh absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> it is it, to be fair it has been quite fun but yeah i'm just not really um musically talented enough um, I'd, I'd like i'd like to get good enough that i could play play for my mates at a house party or something like that that'd yeah. be all right but not R&B. on stage at R&B. Nah, <laughs> I'd, i'm I'm much better suited just being a punter out in the out in the crowd, just getting cooked. <laughs> You're well known for your R&V. How many times have you been? So I've been nine times. So this, I'm going again this year, and it's sort of be my tenth time. So yeah. a true veteran. But oh. to, but to be fair, like we growing up in Hawke's Bay, that was like the 
that was the natural thing to do is just to go to R&V. It's only just up the road. So yeah. Yeah, that, that covered a few, but I do love it. R&V legend. <laughs> Live for it. <laughs> <laughs> and what have you been doing um, to keep yourself fit? Uh, they gave us a watt bike each, so I've been jumping on that a fair bit and a few circuits and that because, fuck, man, um, watt bikes just don't, sit well with me because small man <laughs> yeah. I'm not that strong oh, I hear you so, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, you the feel pins, me eh? the Ult- yeah ultimate battler just can't push the thing fast enough so yeah I've been struggling yeah and they always give you like targets and stuff and I don't know if, if you're like anything like me just so far off the target you're like, like oh, just send me a new like, target it's like um, you know row golf yeah. I was like hard as whatever Every time I ever had to do that, I was like, fuck, what's my handicap? Mile off like an 18? Because <laughs> I'm, du- I'm like nearly double bogeying every every single hole. Yeah. Road golf's <laughs> a shocker too. Oh, I hate it, man. And a little bit of acting um, you've been doing with your social media. Is that is that a bit of a pastime? You look pretty comfortable acting. Uh, that's not a pastime. Sure, I've just been, I've just had that much time on my hands that I was able to take a thousand. That took me a whole day to, to do. <laughs> that, well, yeah. I was doing that many takes, you know, keep chasing perfection. Like, if you saw my first takes, it would have been horrific. <laughs> <laughs> but but a, I don't mind that. Yeah. Anything for a laugh. And you're a big uh, Happy Gilmore fan. Eh? You've always, um, you're always oh. referencing Happy Gilmore. So it was good to sort of perfect a, a scene from there. Yeah, any any sort of early Adam Sandler, I'm I'm big on sort of Billy Madison, yeah, um, Big Daddy, your Happy Gilmore is just classic. Like, Dame, like G, Gareth Evans and him and I watched. Um, we stayed behind at a uh, in our first year at uni down in Dunedin. Mid semester break, everyone goes home, but me and Gareth had to stay because of rugby. So we just sat in our like, movie room in our um, in our hall and watch Happy Gilmore like every <laughs> single day for two weeks. <laughs> so no, so we just like quotes. Jeez. Yeah, we just like, anything at training. If anything we see has any sort of reference to Happy Gilmore, we'll just bang out a quote to each other. Thank you, Mackenzie. Too Big Jim loves Big Jim loves. Uh, happy Gilmore, but it's yeah. nice having someone at the Chiefs in here that I can uh, bounce off to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. And let's get to the rugby. How's the how's the All Black camp been? How's the how's the tour to Australia been for you? Nah, it's been good. It was like a nice sort of six week holiday, um, <laughs> holding a few tackle bags and <laughs> getting paid. It was all good. Um, but no, nah, it, it is. A, I, I still enjoy myself here. It's it, it's great. The lads are the lads are uh, bloody good and. Uh, we have a lot of fun off the field. Having that bye week certainly helped too. We played a fair bit of golf with the boys, so yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of fun and laughter amongst a few games. So. Yeah, so yeah, not obviously not a huge amount of game time, but a couple a couple of nah. sharp cameos off the bench. Do you find that frustrating, or are you pretty? Um, do you feel quite settled behind the other two? Um, like it's it, it's hard with those two because they've had such a, a monopoly on the nine spot for. You know, seven or eight years now, duopoly. Yeah, yeah. I guess it is. So it is hard to break in into that when I've got so those two have got so much experience. But um, so like, I, w- I would love to play. Well, a hundred. Yeah. You know, I would love to play a lot more. But I know selection's not. It's not my. It's not my job. I don't. I don't select the team. So um, I just try and do my my best with the opportunities I get. But um, 
you know, just focus on on my my performance. And if I'm good enough to get selected one day, then that'll happen. But yeah, I just I don't I, I don't worry too much. Yeah. So what what's the relationship between you three like? It's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, Nagi and I are um, golf partners for while we're on tour, so we. Uh, we get along really well, and then TJ and I have had a lot of history. We've um, known each other since since high school and been battling out for a long time. And um, him and I both get along um, bloody well, actually. So yeah, yeah, it actually works really good. That's good, eh? And it must still be yeah. a pretty surreal feeling for you coming from where you have to to be in mm. the All Blacks. It still sort of must be like a pinch yourself moments now and again, even though you're not probably getting the game time that you probably want. Um, just to be in the environment it still must be a pretty surreal feeling. Oh fuck yeah! Like, uh, yeah, especially from where I came from, and like, you know, I was never, I would have never been someone that was touted to ever be an All Black. So, yeah, um, I had a bit of luck and um, a bit of good fortune going my way as well, but uh, worked pretty hard to get there too. So it's it's nice to have a lot of that stuff sort of pay off. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's get to your journey. Let's start at the start. Mm. Um, let's go back to. When a very young baby Brad McCormick Weber was born, <laughs> take us right back. <laughs> right back. Oh, it was Napier Hospital. I remember it really well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing you saw? <laughs> oh, my dad probably fainting or something. I, I would say <laughs> devastated that his pub just burnt down. <laughs> Uh, but no, I grew born and bred in, in the Hawks Bay in, in Napier. Spent yeah. first 18 years of my life there. And Napier boys educated. Um, Napier men, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that way. Um, and that's where that's where me and Gareth met. And yeah. um, we decided to follow each other around the country where we could, really. So, yeah, plenty of good times there, man. Yeah, I bet. Um, and rugby, when did you start your rugby? Uh, pretty st- Straight away. Like, so Dad and my granddad both played Halfback for Hawks Bay, so oh, yeah. um, I was always as much as I um, tried not to be a halfback. I, I knew eventually it was always <laughs> going to catch up on me. So I tried everything else. I, I think I played like twelve or under fifteens, and then yeah. fifteen, yeah, and then and then fifteen. I was and then fifteen at um, my first ten and fifteen for my first couple of years, uh, first fifteen, and then my last year, uh, I went, I bit the bullet and went into halfback, but. So were you quite a big guy to be at twelve? Nah, no, nah, I wasn't. So for under 15, under fifteens that year, I think I was because um, I was young for my year, so I could go down. So oh, I was yeah. playing with. I was probably similar size. Well, not I wasn't big, but fuck, I used to just like do the classic Anton Leonard Brown, like get the ball and then step back like five times to try and beat everybody. <laughs> I wasn't very good, <laughs> but I played the position. <laughs> So that's a, that's a late start to go to nine, though. Um, did you have a good pass and stuff? Yeah, I always I always had a pretty good pass. Like I, I would while I was playing fifteen and ten, like I would cover nine as well. So oh, I was yeah. always yeah, and I yeah, I'd always um, yeah, I'd always practice it anyway. So because I, I knew I deep down I knew like if you look at my dad and like all my family, like there was only one position I was ever going to go. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to have fun while I could. But. And were you a bit of a um, schoolboy star? Nah, not really. Like, um, I didn't make the New Zealand schools team or anything. I think I, I made the Hurricane schools um, in my last year, 
was behind TJ. Yeah. Um, but we had a good side though. Like none of no one made New Zealand schools, but um, we made top four. We beat a star started like Wellington College team to, to make top four who everyone thought they were gonna win the whole thing. So yeah, um, we were just a team of team of absolute battlers that um, punched above their weight. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Like Ehi West was our ten, so we had a pretty good game driver and Gareth yeah. was at eight and I was at nine. So oh. Um, we led, what a spine. Good. Had a good fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So then how did you how did you go on to making the New Zealand twenties, which was probably the most stacked New Zealand twenties to ever be named, I reckon. Uh, how did you go from missing out on these teams to making that team? So I went to um I went down to Dunners to study and my first year played Targo nineteens and then got uh, made the New Zealand under 20, the big squad that they, they have for the yeah, camps. Yeah. I remember the catch up with a guy, I don't know who it was, who was like telling me, like, yep, you're in, um, there's four other halfbacks or whatever. And he was basically telling me that I probably don't have much of a chance because I was the last ranked halfback going into it. And I was oh, like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, like, whatever. Yeah. And then got up there and played really well in all the trials and, and ended up making the team. So True. Uh, that's yeah, basically how it happened. So I went from, I was obviously last ranked and then, me and TJ were the nines that went to the World Cup, and yeah, like you say, stacked team. Yeah, like I think there's like 13 All Blacks or something. Is that oh, 13? Yeah, far out. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Go a long way to get beaten. Yeah. yeah. Who were the other two nines you overtook? Uh, Papa Fadawetta, who was oh, he yep, was in yep. John school. He was in John schools captain, so he had a lot of pedigree. And then um, Lucky Palamo, uh, a guy from counties who was raw and had a lot of talent and ability. Yeah. Um, I think they just I remember just going to the trials and just like focusing on just getting to the right quickly and distributing and they yeah. seem to really like it. So it's certainly helped ever since too. So how many times throughout your career have you been told you were too small? It must must have happened a fair oh, bit. Yeah. It, it's happened a lot, like heaps, but particularly I remember two professional coaches have said it to me. Oh I, yeah. I won't name their names. Even but, at that level, sure. Uh, yeah, like one at Mitre 10 Cup and then um, at another area. But, yeah, they both both said that. And I was, at, to be fair, at the time it might have been true because the, the halfbacks then were quite big. Like it was like Jimmy Cowan and Pity, Pity Webu, yeah, like yeah. big guys, you know. So, like, at the time that's the sort of halfback they were after. But um, thank God for, like, the way the game sort of transitioned and then when Nuggy made it, um, that certainly helped my cause. That, that was the, the type of mould that... Um, a lot of teams are after, and that's sort of when things started happening for me. Yeah, Shit, that's good. And then, um, so you went down to Dunedin, you said, for uni. Yeah. Um, got stuck into the yeah. club rugby scene down there. How was yeah. that? Oh, mate, honestly, best four years of my life was was down in Dunedin, just being a student and playing rugby on the side pretty much. And, yeah. Um, was that the Dunedin Sharks rugby club down there? Fins up. Fantastic. Off. Oh, yeah. So the original fins up. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so, but to, honestly, so many people ask me these days, like, why do you put the Marco fin up? Yeah. I'm like, mate, <laughs> it's, it's an Eden club since like the 1800s. So <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, like, the culture out there was so good. Like, one year we had five Colts teams. So every, every Saturday, you're guaranteed to have, you know, like nearly. Sort of 60, 80 students out there just at, at the club rooms. Yeah. Epic. So uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, cup, won one club championship. And um, yeah, the student lifestyle, man, down there is just like, 
it's hard to hard to describe because like the city is just so built around the uni like you know like the city center is just all the uni area so everything's walkable you're guaranteed to find someone that's keen to drink with you on any night if you <laughs> if you want to like like gareth and i because gareth and i lived on castle street in second year yeah and fuck it was just like it was carnage man like i remember going into like going into one of my mates flats at the beehive and they just had literally like a bonfire just happening in the middle of the lounge <laughs> like, like not in like a brazier or anything but just like, literally something just burning in the middle like, this is so fucked any any lock-in any lock-in at any any flat like walls would just get taken out just oh. over. outrageous but like, just some of the best times man how often would you be going out a week you know how you said that you could twist someone's arm every day of the week how often would you be going out first year you'd probably be going out well particularly with rugby it'd be like twice a week so you'd maybe maybe do like a thursday and then a saturday night yeah um but i tried we gareth and i tried to be a bit more serious and second year onwards and only did saturday nights but <laughs> there was certainly there were certainly blokes i knew <laughs> certainly blokes i knew that did a lot more than twice a week but <laughs> um yeah, one guy, actually one guy that we, Gareth and I live with in, on Castle Street, he was like absolute legend of a bloke. Like in our um, O week, so seven seven days usually you're going, he just, instead of going and buying a whole heap of beers from the bottle store, he just went and bought himself a keg <laughs> and just like had it, had it for himself for the week. <laughs> <laughs> one, but one of the nights he forgot to take the pump off, so the next day it just tasted like absolute cat piss, <laughs> and, he, and he had to drink that for the rest of the week. Oh, did he still and funnily go? enough, yeah, he still went it like he's an absolute champion bloke. But as um the, the way his sort of career and his uni career, he, he ended up dropping out and went to went back home to Hawke's Bay. We knew him from there, and his family owned a lot of orchards, mm. and he's kind of like, well, you know. What am I going to do with my life? Or what do I have an abundance of? A whole heap of apples. What do I love doing? Pissing up. So he's created his own cider company, and it is, and it has blown up like it is massive. Really? Like he's absolutely killing it. So it's like he was, he's not a, he's not an alcoholic, but just absolutely frosts it. And he yeah. and he owns a, a big cider company in Hooks Bay now. So that's awesome. Uh, he's done pretty good. Do what you love, eh? Love what you do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get into the um, rugby scene down there then? Obviously, playing club rugby must have been playing well. So then did you get a taste of yep. the Otago NPC uh, side? Yeah, so 2012, I um, had a pretty good club season with, with the Sharks and um, made the Otago squad that year. I think I only played nine games all off the bench and didn't get a hell of a lot of minutes, but um, it was a good introduction to, to the stuff. Fumiaki Tanaka was the nine. Um, Brownie had brought him over from Japan and he was he's Clearly pretty sharp. So. Smaller than you, though. Um, yeah, a lot smaller. Yeah, but inspiring. Yeah. And and talking about lads, like that ultimate Japanese lad, like is he? <laughs> on the purse, it's just outrageous. <laughs> Some of the stuff he does is just can could hardly speak a lick of English when he was sober. But shit, once he had a few beers, he's almost fluent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, not too many opportunities, and you know, I got—I actually got dropped the next year, so um, it was a roller coaster ride down in Dunners. But. Yeah, so how'd you get dropped? Talk me through that. 
So the first sort of half of the club season in um, 2013, I, I wasn't I wasn't going that good. Um, and they there's a young kid out of Otago Boys who was pretty sharp. At, uh, had a lot of raps on him, Josh Renton. Um, so he was his first year out of school. And I remember I got brought into um, the office at Otago um, halfway through with Brownie and um, Phil Young, the coaches at the time. And I was like, oh, fuck, maybe they're offering me a, a contract for the year. And that was the opposite way. They like told me that they were releasing me from the Otago training squad. And right. I was like, fuck, it's just, okay. Like, but... To be fair, at the time, like it was the kick up the ass that I needed. Like I wasn't really working that hard on my core skills outside of actual team training. Like I was just doing the bare minimum. Yeah. Thinking that like just by getting older I'd get better. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. and that that they sort of made me realise that what I was doing wasn't enough. So after that I started like massively smashing my um, my core skills and back half of that club season I was like it was the best club season I'd had. Like I was, I think I was club player of the year, at least for the Sharks. Anyway, we won the club comp, but I still wasn't good enough to make the the final squad. So I, Josh and um, Fumiaki were the nines that year. So I just played a couple of games of um, Targo B, and I was just thinking, yeah, sweet. I'll just see out my my degree and then see what happens. But um, and then I got a call from Tom Coventry, and he was the uh, assistant coach at the Chiefs at the time, and he was like, oh, we've Brendan Leonard's leaving. Um, he's going overseas, so we've got a spot for our third halfback. I was like, well, I was sitting in the library in, in Otago Uni. I was like, I'll, I've, just, I've been dropped from the Otago team, Tom. I'm like, how are you guys going to get me to uh, – how are you guys going to watch me? And he was like, oh, well, if we can, you know, maybe sort something out, would you be willing to move? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, if I get an opportunity. And a couple of days later, Waikato coach rang me up and asked me to move up there, so I did. And right. I've been in Hamilton ever since. So the Chiefs actually got you a NPC gig. Them and Trent Renata, the party starter, definitely. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I I'd, I'd played that club season that year with Trent at the Sharks because oh, he was yeah. with the Landers and he, he was released all the time to play with us. So I played a lot with him that year and he because um, I played so well, he went to the Waikato coach because he was playing for Waikato at the time and was like, you need to bring this guy up like he's – He's good. Um, he's missed out on the Otago team. So then when the Chiefs then said the same, he was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Oh, so I owe a lot to Trent. Yeah, the party starter. Enough, hey, career party starter. starter. He started He started my career. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, and that's what – and, like, first week I think I come off the bench against Southland and then the week after that, um, they gave me a start against Auckland. We won the game, and I just had like the game of my life. I think I was playing. I was marking against um, Pippi Wipu and scored two tries, and oh. like, I was just like, "Fuck, just happened!" Like I just uh, and then Renz, Dave Rennie was around in my house the very next day, offered me a Chiefs contract. So like within two weeks, I got from just sitting in the library being a student playing a target B. Yeah, and then getting a Chiefs contract. I was just like, "Fuck, this is just unbelievable." That's so, mad, eh? Yeah. And yeah, Dave Rennie actually yeah. came around to your house. Yep. I was I was staying at um Kid Louie's house at Robbie Robinson's place. Yeah. With um Braden Mitchell, the scratcher. Oh, scratcher. The great man. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute great man. But like fuck we had we had some fun. <laughs> fuck we had some fun there. And um and yeah, Ren's literally he he rang me um that morning and was like, Where do you live? And I was told him and then he turned up like an hour later. <laughs> Far out. Unreal. Yeah. 
So then how was it going into that Chiefs team? Fuck, it was like, it was way better than I expected because when I, when I was going in, I was like, right, Liam Messam, Aaron Cruden, Tony Latimer, all these guys, I was like, fuck, I'm not going to say anything. Like, I'm just going to keep my head down. And But as soon as I walked in, they all like made me feel real comfortable. Um, I remember Liam Messam was like, basically, t- this one of the first things he said to me is like, you got a chance to be my new favorite white boy, I reckon. I was like, yo, oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he just watched like um, the Waikato stuff. So I was like, oh, okay, okay now this is, this is like my first day. <laughs> like a little kid, little kid, like a little third former or the seventh former talking to him. <laughs> so, um, Did you become so it? Was, I think behind behind the beaver, maybe. I, I oh, reckon yeah. I might be, might be right up, up there. Oh, you um, take that second. He, uh, well, because the... I reckon the reason why I maybe got over the line, and I remind him of this um, quite often, is that when you play your first game for the Chiefs, you do three um, Waikato drafts after yeah. the game. And um, I debuted the same game as um, J-Lo, James Lowe. Oh. And uh, <laughs> in the team room afterwards, we were doing our three beers. And before we did it, uh, Liam was like, we'll risk the first two and you'll be my favourite white boy. So I did. And then... As I'm doing the third one, J Lo's like spewing in the bucket, and then <laughs> I just spew all over all over J Lo. <laughs> the lads just loved it, like so raw. <laughs> J Lo would have been filthy. Uh, he was devastated. <laughs> I just ruined his night. But uh, yeah, so. <laughs> So yeah, I think I might have just snuck in um, with that. So. And did you get many? Did you get many games um, that first year? No, nah, I think I only played. I think I played like seven games all off the bench, just when um, Tawera or Augustine were um, weren't available. So those yeah. two were um, the, the main stars, and they were pretty good. I think Augie made his All Black debut at the end of your tour, so behind two All Blacks at the time. But yeah, that um, nah, was cool, man. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I I think I knew then that like. I'd found like my team, like the place that I wanted to be. Like yeah. everywhere else just didn't like with all due respect to Targo, like it just wasn't like the team just didn't suit my style of play. Like, yeah. Brownie really wanted knew what he wanted in his nines. He wanted guys that just passed and kicked really well, whereas I was at the time probably more of a running yeah. nine. Um and the Chiefs suited me in that in that area. That's good, eh? And then yeah. going back to the Waikato side, were you? Did you become captain mm. that following year? Yeah. So I, yeah, it's one thing that I was, yeah, at the time. Uh, I think I was twenty three, and um, I'd only played seven games for Waikato, yeah. and then um, yeah, Johnny Walters asked asked me to be the captain, and I was like, I wasn't too keen because he he clear he cleared out a lot of the senior guys like guys that i really liked and respected including trent which 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 really hurt like kind of hurt me actually because trent was part of the reason that i got up to waikato and then for him to get rid of him like that yeah i really didn't didn't like but but when i like looked around the squad we were just it was just a whole bunch of babies really so um yeah i accepted the the job and um led like pretty much an under 21s team yeah Talented group though, eh? It was a real talented group, but real raw. And I, yeah, I remember yeah. playing them a couple of times. How did you guys go that season? 
I think, uh, well, we didn't get relegated, so that was a success um, <laughs> for a lot of us. But, well, because like, if you look back at the squad now, like, unreal. Yeah. It's like Damien at 10, Anton, Sean Stevenson, Fetu Douglas, like yeah. all these awesome players. But at the time, fuck, we're just babies, like yeah. 18, 19. So we got taught a lesson. I think we might have played um, you guys maybe second round. You guys, uh, uh, I mean, Tasman, you might have been at the neck at the yeah. time, potentially. Um, and you guys gave us a bit of a toweling up, so that was a real um, reality check for a lot of our, for a lot of our boys. And how'd you find it as captain? Um, it was pretty eye opening. Like I, I learnt a lot on some of the senior guys, like Josh Honnick and um, guys like that, just to to help out. Because I wouldn't say I'm like a natural um, like I, I enjoy public speaking and that, but in terms of like around the team, like I like to. I don't like to talk for the sake of it. Like yeah. I only really like to speak when I feel like I've got something decent to say and yeah. I was still only 23 and not exactly experienced. So um, it was definitely a team effort. And then I just sort of ran the ball out on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> ran the ball out and did the media. Yeah. You were good at both. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mind talking shit to the media. So that definitely suited me. <laughs> so then you ended up, getting an all-black debut down the line. So how, how did that come about? Yes, yeah, so uh, on the India, I think India Tour of 2014, Tawada um, Tour ACL. So from then I knew I was uh, going to get more game time with the Chiefs. It was just me and Augie. So yeah. ended up playing playing a fair bit. I think I shared um, a sort of similar amount of um, starts as Augie. And, um, yeah, one thing led to another. And then I got... Um, named in the squad to play that uh, test against Samoa over there. And, like, at that time, I was just like, fuck, what's what's going on? Like, yeah. Actually, re- I, remember, um, I remember getting the call from Shandy. At, we were on our – we'd lost to the Highlanders, I think, in the quarterfinal the, um, that weekend. And we were on the source somewhere. And Shandy was like, oh, you're, you're going to be brought into the, um, to the All Blacks team for the squad against uh, Samoa, I was like, oh, awesome. And I must have sounded hammered. He's like, so it might be a good idea to put the beers down and um, <laughs> and ready for camp. So I was like, yeah, 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 righto. Put it down, told the boys and just charged on. <laughs> <laughs> I had to celebrate. <laughs> oh, were you expecting it at anyway. all or did, it come, or did that come completely out of the blue? There'd been kind of like whispers about it that I was sort of in the in the in the running, but um, the squad had been named, and it was Tawada, TJ, and and Aaron, um, and then like Andy Ellis was still around, and so I was like, oh, it's and it's a World Cup year, so they're not going to take a chance on a 24 year old who hasn't played. So I didn't think that year was going to be it, but then yeah. when things all started happening, and I got the, the call up, I was like, fuck, this is unreal, man, like. That was so. That would have been like two years from getting dropped from Otago to yeah. playing for the All Blacks. It was crazy. Like, yeah, I was just I like, punched myself. I was like, "Fuck, this is unbelievable." Inspirational, and you pretty much put that down to just changing your habits, um, working harder outside of training and things like that. Is that what you'd put it down to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it was, I had zero work ethic um, outside of training um, when I was with the Otago team and Brownie. Um, helped me realise that. So while he, you know, while he dropped me from the squad, I actually owe him a lot because um, 
yeah, he sort of helped change my mind. See, along with a couple other guys that um, uh, that helped me out um, once that happened. So yeah, definitely just change change my my, my mindset to um, to my craft and start working a little bit harder and doing more on my own rather than just relying on coaches and set training times. Really, yeah. Um, yeah that's what I realised that's what I needed to do if I wanted to be a professional. Inspiring stuff. So then let's go to your All Black debut. It must have been pretty um, daunting going into that squad. I mean, it was a pretty stacked side. World Cup year. Um, yeah. Talk me through that. Yeah, it was It was pretty daunting. I won't lie, like, walking into my first meeting and, like, Richie and Dan and all those guys were all there. I'm like, and I'm just this. Yeah. Still at the time, you know, I'm thinking, like, I'm just, like, the Scarfy, like, this <laughs> imposter. <laughs> He <laughs> just managed to manage to make his way in here. Um, but I was real keen to like just just enjoy it and like for what it was. I remember I roomed with Dan um, in Auckland and um, that was pretty cool like for me just to just to like and just to chat to him around um, all this like all the stuff around the game plan and just chat in general. So that was yeah, that was cool. But um, yeah, the actual debut I remember it was like nearly hundred percent humidity and 34 degrees it was that like didn't even need to warm up or sitting on the bench just sweating (laughs) got like um got the last sort of 16 or 17 minutes or something and was absolutely blowing at the end too like i'm pretty pretty sure i'm pretty sure i missed like the last two rucks because i was just that (laughs) so probably wasn't a good uh probably wasn't a good audition but (laughs) um but i made the debut and dad dad came over for it um, him awesome. and his brother came over for, for it, so it was pretty cool. And how'd you go at the hucker? Because you've got a bit of mouldy in you, which a lot of people don't realise. But yeah. um, you're one of the only All Black Nines who hasn't led the hucker at the moment. So um, <laughs> <laughs> any plans? <laughs> and how was your first well, one? Um, my first one was all right. I don't think I stuffed it up, um, but I'm pretty sure I was. I'm pretty sure I didn't really like belt out too many of the words because I was just so focused on the actions, like yeah. not stuffing that up. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm much better now. Like I tell you, like having a few years with with the Maori All Blacks makes a big difference on your haka. Like yeah. you're forced to to learn and get pretty good, and that that haka is pretty cool. So um, you definitely get better. Um, but no, nah, I, I was actually I actually had um, a little bit of an idea for for the all black stuff I was going to do, but I didn't, didn't end up doing it. I could do it uh, in another year, but I was thinking like having like a microphone um, attached to me and like someone in the distance, like following along with the camera and me going up to like Sam and Sam Kane and like TJ, maybe Fozzie and be like, oh look, I've been putting a lot of thought into it. And I'm like really keen to leave the hucker. Like just want to know what your thoughts are and just like, have like a hidden camera and like this microphone and see what their reactions are. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Sounds like a good water lad yeah. prank. Maybe you should call him and yeah, record yeah. it for me. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you the exclusive exclusive access, exclusive content. Um, yeah, so I'll think about because there was a lot of people were actually asking me when I think it was the Argentina game when it was like TJ wasn't in the in the match day twenty three and um, like who's going to lead the hucker? Like, Whether you might be, you might be a chance. It's like yeah, yeah. see my poo on it. <laughs> but no, nah, I'll just um, I'll just stick to to the middle of the pack. Yeah, fair enough. And then um, after that test, you just played the one test, was it? Yeah, yeah. So um, after that, um, Nug and TJ were joining the squad, so I dropped down and. Um, 
played a game for the Maldives and then went back to, to Waikato for um, my last season with them. And that was a good season. Very good. What happened? <laughs> um, so a similar team, like all the same lads. And then actually Beaver came back from Japan. Oh. And at, at the time, I remember um, I remember our coach brought me into to the office and was like, I was like, fuck, what have I done? Like, do I do something? And he's just like, oh, I just wanted to let you know that um, that Stephen Donald's reached out and he's going to come back from Japan and join the squad. And I remember just bursting out laughing. I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> because at, at the time, Beaver was like, you know, the god. Yeah, the movie like, star. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the kicker just came out and like, <laughs> You know, I, I was like, oh, and we were just all these young fellows and then all of a sudden the beef comes back. It's like, this is awesome. But he was great. Like, he was so good for Damien especially and um, a few other blokes and we had a hell of a time, like, uh, with him. And then um, our last game, we, we'd been up and down, had a few good wins, had a couple of horrific losses. And then um, our last game of the season was against Hawke's Bay, who had the shield and they'd had it for, like, nearly two years. So they are a real strong squad good experience, super hard experience everywhere. And we we're just all these bunch of young kids. Yeah. And I remember we had this, cause we were going so shit. We had this like team meeting on like the Monday or whatever. And um, one of our coaches was like showing clips of the Hawks Bay team. He's like, look how good they are. Like, look, oh, like they do this and this and we're sitting there going, fuck, we're playing these guys this week. <laughs> You're not exactly giving us a bill of confidence. <laughs> and like we had almost like these heart to hearts, um, around our game plan and stuff like a few guys like came at each other and we were sort of just like right fuck it this this week we can basically just do whatever you want like guys go where you want just play what's in front of you and i remember josh honnick was like so you're saying that i can go and sit at first receiver if i want to and we're just like yep do it and in the game he sat at first receiver <laughs> i gave it to Broke, he broke through and scored a try from it like, from like 30 out. <laughs> no shit. Shit, you know, check out the highlights. It's oh, on there. Oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> and so, um, and then fuck, we just played like the game of our lives. Like Anton and Damien just carved up and I managed to score a second half hat trick. And, oh, um, no doubt. And Skiffer. We, yeah. And, and we won the uh, won the shield. And because it was the last game of the season and we'd missed the semis, yeah. we'd just won the shield. We just had the biggest week of our lives. Oh. Back to Beaver's place. A few years ago. <laughs> Party at Beaver's. Like, oh, yeah. Like, who, like we were just like oh, mind blowing. Like we were all these kids, and then turning up to Beaver's place to have a beer. <laughs> <laughs> but then you, but then you, like, you sort of, sort of realise that Beaver's just like he's one of the lads, like just legend of a bloke. Like, yeah. What happened? Like you know, the whole success story couldn't have happened to a better bloke. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. So good. So good. And did you sign with Hawks Bay at this stage or was it after this? Nah, so I'd actually already signed with them like before the season had even started. Oh, so, true. Um, yeah, because like I was saying earlier, Dad and Granddad both played a halfback for Hawks Bay. I'd always really wanted to be a magpie and um, Gareth and Ehi were back there as well. So it was just the time was right. Like I'd, I'd done, I felt like I'd done enough uh, for Waikato to pay back their faith for bringing me up from Otago and then yeah. um, it was just time to go home so yeah so I, I, but going into that game I knew that I was going there next year but I wouldn't fucking change it for the world but yeah, 
winning the shield is like just like like you know it's like it's just nothing quite like it and i still every every promo i ever go to in hawks bay someone always asks like why did you take the shield off us i was like you've got no <laughs> idea what the pin stuff was like it's so worth it <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> yeah and then how'd you find going to hawks bay going back home that nah, was great like going back to hawks bay especially for the time that um, Mitre 10 Cups played on it. It's like going on holiday because it's sunny, it's it's mild weather, like it's not you know, it's not cold like everywhere else. It doesn't rain a hell of a lot, so it's nice to, to play a bit of footy, especially after a long super season. It's it's really refreshing and um and uh, it's nice being home around some of my old mates and yeah, seeing all the people that are sort of left behind, I guess. But um and yeah, getting to play with all my schoolmates and stuff is pretty cool. So, and at the moment they're playing unbelievably well. So it's cool to see a lot of those young kids, homegrown kids too, um, playing well for for the bay. Pretty good nine there too now too, eh? Fuck yeah, he's playing really good. Flau, he's um, he's a funny little bugger. Eh? Like um, he was he was green for a while. Like he, you you could always tell he had like the raw ability, the, yeah. the, the speed, the, the strength, and everything. It was just about putting the game management together and. Now he's really starting to get it, and um, yeah, he's uh, wouldn't surprise me to see him uh, in the All Blacks pretty soon. True, big raps. So then, later on, your career hit a bit of a block when you broke your femur. Do you want to talk about that moment? Yeah, so uh, that was start of twenty seventeen at that um, preseason tens tournament in in Brisbane. Yeah, it was like forty two degrees. We're playing in the final, and. Um, I actually haven't watched, I haven't re-watched it, but from what I remember, I had my leg trapped by someone and I was trying to offload the ball or something and then I just got hit from another another way and it just, my femur just went but split like that. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, not flash, but at the, at the time, like so many people like, fuck, that must have hurt. Apparently it's like the, you know, the strongest bone in your body and, uh, but I didn't really feel anything. Like it was just shock. Like everything was numb, and yeah. um, I couldn't really tell them what I'd done. Like I sort of thought that I sort of thought that my my net, I might have done my knee or something because the the numbness was kind of down in that area. Um, and but I looked down and like my so my ankle was like lying like that. So my my leg was like that, but my ankle was falling away, and I was yeah. like, "That's weird. I don't have any pain down there." So I was like, oh, maybe I've dislocated my knee or something. But it turns out when you split your um, femur, like your lower leg is obviously not attached to anything. So yeah. it just like falls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they stretched me off. And because I told them that I think it was my knee, they were like doing all these tests on my knee and stuff, like oh. um, medial everything. And then to do the ACL, they obviously hold, they like pull the tibia away. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. And in doing so, they pulled my whole lower leg away oh, <laughs> and like, i remember just feeling it and just been like whoa, whoa like fucking don't do that yeah. like, and so the guy was like oh i think you've done your acl and your knee and i was like ah <laughs> fuck it's like, it nine months so um get to the um uh, they put me on a uh, on a uh wheelchair i watched the rest of the final in that time mitch graham's broken his tib and fib like like that yeah. so he's got a stretcher he's he's had the green whistle and he's like dabbing as he's going <laughs> oh, I don't know, fucking brilliant um and so he so he got the ambulance to to the uh, hospital 
Yeah. There was no ambulance left. So they're like, right, we need to get you to the hospital. So they put me in the front of this car and like put my ass in first, wiggle me around. And like my leg is just too long, which doesn't often happen for me, but just too long to fit right in. So they have to like move my leg up again. And by the stage, the adrenaline's worn off, the shock's worn off. And like that's when the pain just like screaming through. Like I was just losing it. They gave me a green whistle because I was like smashing that on the car to, to the uh, hospital, but it did nothing. Like yeah. I was still in pain. Had that, had the MRI. They checked my knee, and they're like, "Nah, it's sweet." They come over the last week, and that's it's all good. I was like, "Right, my thigh is like killing me." They're like you might want to check that. So they did, and they're like, "Fuck you! Yeah, you've fractured your femur. <laughs> we need to get you into. Like, we need to get you into surgery like right now." Wow. So, like, much emergency surgery like the match doctor who like did the testing on my knee was like mortified that that he did what he did while i had a broken femur like because obviously there's like a femoral artery that runs alongside it like he could have so easily just like nipped it and i would have bleed out in minutes so Far out. i was very 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 lucky <laughs> that uh it, it didn't end up that way that's rookie but, uh, yeah. rookie move from the doctor <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll still get assholes about that. Even to say. Yeah, because we played that game at Suncorp um, against Australia recently, and I caught up with my surgeon there, which was quite cool to see oh, him. Yeah. And he even mentioned it, and he was just like, "I still can't believe you fucking did that." Like, it's, it's still like, yeah. <laughs> so, what's the rehab like for a broken femur? Are you in the cast, and how long's the how long's the whole process? Yeah, so it's so funny enough, it was actually. So it was better than doing an ACL, oh, really? essentially. So, because so what they do is that, and I've got I was in no cast. I was up, not walking, but like on a almost like crutches the very next day. Yeah. So what they do is they like drill into your, the top of your femur, and then like hammer down a big titanium rod right down the right down the length of it. Yeah. <clears throat> two screws at two screws at the end. So all I've got from it is like two little scars, like about that that big. Um, for a broken femur so it's I've still got the rod in there at the moment and because um, like the bone heals like when it went over the break it like heals bigger so like the bone's actually stronger it comes back stronger so doing a, a femur is actually better than doing an ACL funnily enough but um, yeah but, and they told me six months and you'll be back playing so I was like fucking hell like I would have thought you know a year maybe yeah. for something like that but now nah, the, the surgeon was like real positive he's like no nah, you'd be sweet You'll, he's he's pretty blase actually he's pretty he's a bloody good bugger but um yeah he's like no nah, you'd be sweet six months and you'll be back and um so it was like i think it was six weeks on crutches and then i could start like um start walking a little bit better with like less with more more weight more weight bearing and um that was what it was all about, about trying to get the weight bearing back and then um yeah, I think I ended up taking an extra month just to be sure. So I took seven months and I was back playing. Yeah. So, and yeah, what was your confidence bad. like? Did you feel confident around it? Yeah, oh, yeah. By that stage, I did, um, and I had like a few tackles on it and like got tackled and stuff. And one, the first one of that was always like was what I was most worried about. But then when I thought about it, I was like, "Fuck! I've got a metal rod down the length of my leg. Like, there's no way that thing's going to break." <laughs> So, so that gave me all the confidence in the world to tell you the truth. And then, so nah, I was I was sweet once I got the first game under the belt. I, I was good. I did have a little bit of issues like 
um, the screw that's holding it in at the top was like sticking out like just a little bit too far and like my tendon around my hip was like rubbing over it a bit too much. So every oh, yeah. time I ran, that would give me a bit of pain, but I just got that ripped out and I was, I walked out of the hospital the, that day. I was like, and sure. it felt sweet. So um, yeah, it probably took me two years until I, I felt back to myself, like the whole of 2018 while I was back playing, I, I just still wasn't quite myself yet. Yeah. Um, like strength and speed and stuff. And then, yeah, so I can two years for a, a leg break to fully feel normal again. So, yeah, start of 2019 was when I was, felt myself again. In 2019, you came into absolute red-hot form, started pretty much all yeah. the games for the Chiefs and worked your way into the uh, Rugby World Cup squad with the All Blacks. So how was mm. that year for you? Yeah, it was It was. Uh, that was an interesting year because um, – because I, I took myself, I pulled out of the Māori All Black squad at the end of um, 2018 to go home a bit earlier so I could um, start, so I could do the full pre-season with the Chiefs and just, because in my mind I was like, right, 2019's my last year of giving it, giving AVs a crack. If I don't make it, then I'm going to go to, I'm going to go overseas. Yeah. And um, so I was like, right, I'm going to go do a full pre-season, get as fit as I can get and just give it my best nudge. Um, that was at the start and then, once the season came around, I was like, actually, you know what? Like, I actually don't, not that I don't care, but like, I, I stopped, I put it out of my mind around making the All Blacks. I was kind of like, well, I could play the best rugby, I could be the best player in Super Rugby this year and still not make the All Blacks. And like, I'd be really at peace with that. Like, I knew that I'd done all I could yeah. up until that point. So I was in a really good place mentally. I knew that maybe that could be my last year. So I was like, fuck, I'm just going to have some fun, yeah. enjoy it. And we started off real shit. We were horrific. We lost our first five games. Everyone was like writing us off. I was, going, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be one of those years. Yeah. And then we just turned it around and um, uh, ended up making the playoffs and having a really good season. And then, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get my name read out for the, for the AVs that year. It was funny how it all sort of worked out. True. And did you just find out from the TV like everyone else? Yeah, so I had no idea. So I was, um, I knew my my parents would just be like nervous tricks. So I didn't bother going home yeah. to watch it with them. So I just stayed in my flat, uh, my house in, in Hamilton with uh, my two flatmates at the time, Abby and Bex, the two girls, and um, we were listening along. And like my heart was racing, man. Yeah, like yeah. I've never, never, never felt. And then heard the name get read out and like my two flatmates just lost it like screaming and everything jumping all over me it was quite nice actually <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so yeah that's how i found out it's just like everyone else it's quite a cool way of doing it i reckon rather than um, yeah getting the phone call on the yeah. diesel yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> go around see your hot flatmates and <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> two of the best ways <laughs> and then how was the rugby world cup for you i actually i loved it like japan great place man i could like if i was going to play overseas I'd, that's somewhere I'd, I'd like to go and yeah like we didn't win the, the whole thing which um which was a shame and Cost us a lot of money too and bonuses, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what it is. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but but it was fun, man. Like, I actually I, I loved it. I'd yeah do it all again. It was um, a cool experience and getting to play. And um, you know I was playing some of my best rugby at the World Cup as well as yeah. in Super Rugby that year. So I, I had a 
fair bit of fun. Yeah, you got a fair amount of time in that world cup, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I played against the two um against the two minnows. I played against Canada and Namibia, but I um come on at half time against Canada and scored a couple of tries and yeah. um linked linked up with T J in that Namibia game for Trial that world. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Like we were, I think we we might have been rooming together that week, and yeah. when we got home, we were just like, "What the fuck are we doing?" <laughs> it was just outrageous. <laughs> so good. And then, oh, yeah. what about the disappointment after the uh, England game? Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, like I was gutted, man. But yeah, like I was devastated for the boys, and then and for myself. But it, I didn't didn't really uh, didn't really feel it fully until we got back into the chain rooms and all the lads had come back in and sat down and you'd just see on the faces of some of the guys, especially the guys whose last go it was, like yeah. who were leaving that year, they were just devastated. And that's when I, you know, I felt for them more than I felt for myself, like, because obviously I didn't play the game. So, you know, all my influence was through the week trying to get the boys ready, but I'm um, just, yeah, real gutted for them. Like, yeah, I realized, because I remember 2007 and being so devastated and then, you know, Obviously, the country hadn't even felt that since then. So, to be in the changing room and seeing it, seeing the raw emotion from some of those guys, was um, yeah, it's pretty good thing for them. Yeah, for sure. And now, this year, massive year for the mm. Chiefs. Squads have just come yeah. out. Your team's looking pretty strong. Feeling confident? Yeah, I am. I, I think uh, you know. Obviously, we weren't. We were, well, we were horrific last year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, a lot, but we've got a lot of continuity, like a, not, not too many blokes have left. Um, and a lot of those young guys that got thrown in the deep end last year are another year older, another year wiser. And, um, so I've got a lot of confidence this year. I think we'll be, I think we'll surprise a lot of people. Right up there. Heard it here first. Including you, Hurricanes boys, I reckon. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, what's 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 your plans going forward? Have you have you got much of a plan laid laid out? You, you mentioned potentially heading over to Japan at some point, but what's your what's your current yeah. status? So I'm, I'm contracted for one more year, um, and I, I'll just wait wait up and see. I think um, I, I won't have to make a, a call for a, a few months, and um, obviously with TJ in Japan this year, um, he'll be back to be available for the All Blacks, but. Certainly gives me a little bit of a chance to, um, to try and play well and maybe maybe push him a man nuggy a bit a bit more than I have. But at the same time, like if a good offer from Japan or something comes comes along, I I, I might well um, take it. Um, you know, I've got a, I'm 30 in January, so um, like I don't feel old. Like I still feel like I've got heaps left. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't. I really don't want to leave um, while I'm playing my best rugby. But at the same time. If an offer that's too good to turn down comes along, it's going to be hard to, to sort of say no to. So mm. we'll just wait and see. But, yeah, either way, I'll try and have a bit of fun with the lads this year um, on the off chance that it might be my last. But No doubt. How much are you after? I know TJ got his contract through the Waterlad um, podcast. He said that he was after a Bodhi contract in Japan. What are you after? <laughs> a Bodhi contract? <laughs> Shit. Well, I don't think I can quite demand that, but yeah, if, if I'm at like sort of three quarters of that, I'd be pretty accurate. <laughs> All right, we'll make that happen. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, what a lad. You're a lad. <laughs> oh, what a journey. Shit, that's good to hear. Good to hear your story. Yeah. Now we've got the questions. A lot of people have jumped okay. at the chance to ask Brad Weber a question. So I'll go to the Instagram page and 
read out some of your questions. Okay, first question. What is your dream career after rugby? Oh, my dream career after rugby would be running like a almost like a Maddie Johns show type um, oh. TV show. That would be quite cool. Yeah. Um, linking up with um, a few, actually, fact to me, Mar, you'd be quite probably quite good on a show like that. Might have to um, throw you in there with the likes of Angus Tata Val and just let the creative juices flow. <laughs> like let them go and do, yeah. let them go and do some like creative stuff. Maybe I'm I'm doing a little bit as well. Yeah. But um, you know, maybe I'll be the facilitator. I don't know, like keeping those, <laughs> keeping you and keeping us just in check a little bit. What a lad, me. Exactly, but I'd, I'd like it to be a bit more borderline than the current um, rugby shows that are out there. I think um, like there's obviously a place for seriousness and stuff, but yeah, I like the borderline humour that uh, Maddie Johns and stuff bring. Yeah, I reckon New Zealand needs a bit of that. Oh, couldn't agree. <laughs> more. That's my dream. Yeah, <laughs> love the dream. Okay, next question. Are you still hitting mass freak? <laughs> the mutant mass. <laughs> so I'm not not mutant mass itself, but I am on like, so on the shakes that the Chiefs give us, I'm on like the big suckers, the big thousand calorie type ones. But honestly, I just need that just to maintain my weight because <laughs> if I don't, I'll just drop it off. So what's <laughs> mutant mass? What is it? <laughs> so mutant mass was like, so it was the protein, um, like this big ass protein bag that I got in my first year at uni. Because oh, I was yeah. only like, I don't know how heavy I was. I must have only been like 60 kilos or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wanted to put on weight so I could, because I'd been told I was too small and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to have to put on some weight. So I bought this big mutant mess and it was just like <laughs> thick, like seriously thick shapes that you'd make up <laughs> to try and just put on mass. And it didn't work. <laughs> but I bought it. I bought it anyway. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Shocker. <laughs> okay, your granddad was a local legend. What rugby advice did he give you? Um, I wouldn't say he gave me a lot of advice, but he um, he would often ring. He would often ring me up. He was brutal in his. Um, in his uh, in his reviews of any of my games, like he would uh, he'd ring me up like most weeks, and he'd always start off with the good stuff. He's quite good. He would start off with the good stuff. He'd be like, "Oh, your your passing was good today." But yeah, like I knew where it was going. He'd be yeah. Like, yeah, this was this was okay. And he'd be like, "But your tackling was shit. It was horrific. <laughs> like you need to sort out. You need like, be doing this and that." And I was like, "Oh, I'll just be on the end of the phone going, yeah, yeah, okay." And this was like a classic granddad. So he came to um. My last one of my last games for Waikato, my first, the first year when I got brought up, we played against Bay of Plenty, and he came up to watch. Oh, yeah. And at the after match, at the after match, I was talking to someone, and I looked over, and he was talking to Toby Smith, big prop, and he was telling him how he should be scrumming. <laughs> and my granddad, my granddad was like a little halfback; he was tiny, but he was like going on. He was like, "You should be doing this and that's like the bind," and and I just saw Toby like. Like this going, what the fuck is this guy doing? I like to come over and be like, oh, look, I'm sorry, it's my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Toby Smith was absolutely told. <laughs> oh, so he probably gave yeah. better advice to other blokes than he did to me. It was probably the answer to that question. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Who's the fastest scrum half in the team? All Blacks. Yeah, it'd be me. Yeah. Have you got TJ? Fuck <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I know how competitive he is and he'll say that he is, but deep down, TJ knows he definitely. And 
And poor Nag, he bless his soul. He, he he tries to run as fast as he can, but I think he knows his limitations in that area. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how did you get into the Otago Academy? Uh, I actually think I had to write an application for it. Did I'm you? Pretty sure I had to. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Gareth and I were at high school and we had to literally write an application then. And we used to, um, so we got in, I was stoked, like my application was was, uh, was given. And we, so we lived um, in Unicole, um, the first year big uh, building at, at uni for um, first years. And the, the academy training base was maybe, maybe a K down the road. So down, down a little bit of a slight gradient down towards the university oval. Yeah. And so, because trainings were started at like six in the morning before uni classes and stuff. But I remember in O week, so Gareth and I went and bought a BMX together. We went halves in it and it had like the back pegs. <laughs> so we would, we would bike, we would dub each other down. Like, so one time like, I would drive, I would ride the bike and he'd be on my back. So that would be comical seeing like this little guy on this bike, this massive gorilla. Uh, <laughs> up holding it. So that would have been quite funny, but we used to um, <laughs> remember in O Week we would um, go and buy like, do you remember Bigfoots, the the drink from? Oh yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, like like a like a scrumpy, yeah, like better flavour. So we would go and buy them the day before, knowing that we've got um, academy training in the morning. Bike down with our Bigfoots, throw the Bigfoots <laughs> in like in a bush just out <laughs> just by the academy thing. Do our training, come out, and then like we'd walk back and just <laughs> with our big foots and just get on the piss for the day because we knew everyone else was starting real early for like something. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a terrible professionalism. We just like instead of having a protein shake, we're having this big, big foot. Terrible. Oh. But that was like, that was a lifestyle down there, so good stuff. And your first car? Had had you buy your first car, and where'd you leave it? So that guy that I was telling you about earlier, um, the cider company. Yeah. Him and I, um, him and I, in our second year, we went. We found on Trade Me. It was like this old Ford Fairmont Ute from like the fifties. It was epic. <laughs> it was like yellow with this like it was yellow. It was like green stripe down the side. Bench seat. It was awesome. We bought it for a thousand bucks, a five hundred each. Yeah. We went up to um, to Omaru to to grab it and brought it back. And it was an absolute piece of shit. I remember we were driving around, got pulled over by the cops. They had no warrant for like ages, no registration. Yeah. So the guy was the guy was the guy was quite understanding. We were, and he was just like, right, I'll give you you know thirty days to get um, get the warrant, and um, that'll be all good. So we went and sent it to the the warrant fitness station. It failed fucking just about everything. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we loved it. So we tried to like. We tried to fix it and tried to like get it roadworthy, and then I was driving it out to um to the sharks for training, and it just like fucked out. Like the clutch <laughs> flew out, like like it was just gone. And so I just had I literally just like drove it to the side of the road, just parked it there, walked walked the rest of the way to training, and then just left it there. And then like, I don't know what's happened to it. It's still there. <laughs> Well, I had a, um, a mate, a, one of my mates, um, pulled up into a into a gas station and saw it on the back of a tow truck. So some oh, someone had 
got on and got it towed. <laughs> Must have just taken it to the scrap to the scrapyard and never to be seen again. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, advice you'd give a young guy in the same position you were in in Otago without a pro contract? Um, definitely do more work outside of um, outside of your your rugby trainings and do particularly on your passing and kicking, just smash your skills. But also don't forget to have a good life balance. Still have Dunedin's a place to have fun. So don't let that take over from um, being a student and having a good time with the lads because I think that balance is important, especially in a place like that. Yeah. Good advice. I like yeah. that. <laughs> well, 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 that's the thing. Like, I, I feel very lucky because I've been able to basically live two lives. Like, yeah. I got to be a student and be normal and get to have all these fun times with the, with with my mates that aren't rugby players down there and then became a professional rugby player. So I've been able to have the, the best of both worlds. Whereas kids these days, you know how they just come straight out of high school, yeah. straight into like super it's rugby. It's like it's, yeah. it's like great great for them. Like it's cool, but they don't get to experience being being a young adult, being a being a kid, you know, like yeah. and having a bit of fun. So yeah, I feel very lucky that I've And you certainly had some breed. fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you ever contemplated a career in acting or voiceovers? No, I have not. But if someone wants to employ me in that area, then um, I could be very interested. Send through <laughs> what you're talking about who was asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> I love how my videos just had a real good effect on a lot of people. Yeah. It's, you know, this is... Might have been a springboard for for life after footy potentially, all down to one bird. It's crazy, eh? When you like actually put yourself out there and do something, or like be yourself, Mm. like who you actually are in front of people. Amazing what opportunities can come, especially when you're um, when you've got a status like you do in the All Black um, side. Uh, I just think there needs to be so much more of it. So many guys are too scared to. Um, put themselves out there and they're, they're missing out on opportunities like this. Look, you could be a professional actor next year. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, but that's the thing, like, you, like we, we know how good lads' personalities are in our rugby teams. So yeah. That's why we love it. Um, we're just so programmed to be robots with, with the media and, and stuff. So, like, yeah, it is encouraging to see probably a little bit more, especially with, like, stuff like this Generally, like having podcasts and that, like, feel way more comfortable being yourself around like people like you than you do with some bloke with um, from Stuff or New Zealand Herald who you yeah. don't know is really going to have your best intentions. Like, most of them do, the yeah. vast majority do, but yeah. some don't. And when you get caught out like that, that's why you go into your shell. That's why I loved like Sam coming out around saying like punters don't know what goes on like into the eighty minutes through the week because, yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, and he, he copped he copped heaps for that, eh? But so unnecessary. Yeah. Like no one, yeah. No, even like I don't know. I play professional rugby. I also done a bit of coaching in professional rugby. I don't know what's going on yeah. in the All Black camp at the moment. I don't know the details that you guys are going through. Um, and to think that people at the pubs know this sort of extent is just yeah. <laughs> crazy. That guys yeah, are going to yeah. debate that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like some people are just so hurt that. Sam said that, but they're only hurt because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Um, would Brad take a punch from Ben Tamiafuna if it meant Ben Stokes was caught in the Cricket World Cup? 
Absolutely. I'd take it 10 times over. Oh. Heartbroken by that. Still can't get over it. Yeah. Fuck. You just want to see a, a Cricket World Cup victory in your lifetime, eh? And like, you just hope that that wasn't our – I'm sure it won't be our only opportunity. but Some game. Oh, I was there. At the, were you, were you like, I wonder if you were there. We were uh, for the Cricket World Cup semifinal in Auckland. No, nah, I was that? in I was in Japan. Tojo might have been there potentially. I was with I was with Whopper. Would yeah, have been Tojo. Can of hole. You probably yeah, just we, finished can of hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was probably just the warm up. That would have been the warm up for Tojo. Like I would have been a bed. <laughs> <laughs> still still probably the greatest piss drinker I've I've played with your brother I Is he? He's, he's right up there. Well, he, he's second in the family. <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. Oh, I'd love to out. see you on the session. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, I was there at that semi-final, and it was like seeing Grant Elliott hit that six was honestly quite possibly the greatest feeling I've had in my life. Like it's right up there with when we won the Shield. Like that same feeling of wow. just like utter elation. Yeah, that was yeah. some. That was some moment, eh? Yeah. Okay. We'll crack on. Has he ever sponsored a radio show? Not officially, but <laughs> unofficially I sponsored Head, Heart and Balls from the TAB oh. while Steffi and Ant was going. Like, <laughs> it was just a running gag. Like they, they would somehow mention me in every single show and just like call me like sponsored, like that I'd paid to be mentioned. Because <laughs> of your poor gambling? Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's why I have to give up the punt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, hardest player to tackle? I reckon uh, Waisaki Naholo was always the hardest oh. for me because, like, I just I remember just getting full thrown off him in a, in a game uh, against him in Dunedin when I was it might have been twenty fifth that twenty fifteen year. But like, he's a guy like you can't give him the outside because he'll just run around you yeah but then when you get too far in front of him you think he's going to step you and you're ready for that and then all of a sudden he just full fiji and fends you and just bunts you <laughs> off like <laughs> like there's just no way to win and he was just right he's made of concrete yeah fast and hard fast man. and strong so yeah just a hard man so yeah he was always he was always tough for me i was ha- i was happy when i saw him go to go to europe <laughs> 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 Your granddad wouldn't have been too happy with that tackle attempt either, would he? Yeah, yeah that's that's probably what sent granddad over the edge, to be honest. That's probably... <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, my mate. I shouldn't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't joke about that. It's, uh, no, I feel guilty for laughing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's laughing up there with us. Yeah. He's a good man. Um, if you had to share a room with someone, this is an ISO. If you had to share the, your room in ISO, who would be the worst All Black to have to share your room with? Um, <laughs> probably heard stories about um, Nipple Laulala. Apparently, he loves like having the room like freezing cold so like <laughs> as low as the as the um as the air conditioning goes like apparently he likes it freezing and like i'm not about that i'm good room temperature you know i'm sort of the 22s 21 degrees yeah 
I can't have that thing sitting at 16 for, for two weeks. <laughs> so, poor Neeps, my mate Neeps. Um, and after a few beers, he's a scary man. So, I'd, I'd stay away, <laughs> stay from, away from Neeps. Fair enough. <laughs> Cold room and scary. <laughs> okay, last question. Best do. Best do. You would have had that many. This is going to be a tough one. Um, my best code do would um, would be my week would be the week after um, we were on the shield, like I was talking to you about before. Oh, like, yeah. We were we thought well we thought we were the kings of the city. Like we thought we'd run out. We would take the shield everywhere to every pub, and um, I remember we were. Damien was. We were me and Damien were riding around on Beaver's golf cart around the road of like the road of Tuna suburb, <laughs> pretty hammered, which was which was a shocker looking back on it. But we thought it was, I was on the back with the shield like this. Cars are driving past, just tooting out to us. <laughs> An absolute shocker looking back on it, but fuck, it was good times. And then, um, <laughs> and then non rugby do shit. It's been a few. Could be any one of the lock-ins and dunners, but actually um, the race, the Christchurch races last oh, year was yeah. right up there. We had a hell of a crew, great spot, and just just charge on. We just got back from the World Cup, so did you do the week? Lads were loving it. Tuesday to Saturday. We did the full week. Yeah, yeah. Oh. we did the we did the full week. So <laughs> just a, oh, one of the great weeks. Oh. We played golf in between, and oh. um, the Tuesday and the Saturday. Things dreams are made. I could go day. back every year. Oh. Oh. Where they walk and dashed too. <laughs> Dreams are absolutely crushed <laughs> by the nose of some horses, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, how good. Wow. What a story. Some yarns in there. Honestly, really appreciate you coming on the Wallad podcast. It's been Awesome to see you doing the things that you've been doing. I've been following your journey for a long time. You're a, you're an absolute champion bloke, and um, it's awesome seeing you get some of the respect that you deserve, not only on the field but off the field. Um, looking forward to following your career, not only in rugby but um, either DJing, acting, <laughs> wherever you take it, mate. You're going to be a success <laughs> at whatever you do. So uh, really looking forward to following your journey, and yeah, appreciate your time, mate. No, mate, thanks for having me on, and it's been an absolute pleasure um, getting to know you and your brother as well, actually, two absolute top lads. So uh, cheers for having me on, Jimmy. You're a top man. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Sweet, bro. <laughs> Real quick, with Christmas just around the corner, here's your chance to purchase one of the three great products mentioned at the start. Firstly, Pure Sport CBD. This is a game changer. For sleep, muscle soreness, anxiety, you name it, can help with almost anything and would be a great gift for almost anyone. So to purchase, go to puresportcbd.com. At the checkout, put in WATERLAD20 in the promo code for 20% off. Also, Manscaped is another great gift idea for anyone who likes or needs to keep their body hair maintained. There's some real great discounts on the website already and you can get an extra 20% off that price by entering what a lad in capitals in the promo code and this also includes free shipping last but not least fortune favors beer is another great gift idea for anyone who loves a craft beer send them a 24 pack of fortune favors finest by going to fortunefavors.beer and entering what a lad in the promo code for 15 percent off 